This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. From the corporate office to the cab of a truck, they're here to inspire and empower women in all professions. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics, and we work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley. And I'm Kathy. No topic is not allowed on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts, champions, and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. Empowering women through good health is one of the things we like to do on our show. Speaking to dynamic leaders who are strong advocates for women and others is also our passion. Dr. Farah Shroff is the principal of Shroff Consulting, a public health education and social issues consulting firm. She works in the Department of Family Practice and the School of Population and Public Health in the University of British Columbia Faculty of Medicine. The focus of her research is on developing health for all. She's been a women's health researcher and educator who focuses on midwifery, HIV, sexuality, mental health, and other areas. Dr. Schroff was the inaugural faculty member in Canada's first university program to educate midwives in Ontario. She's a fellow in international health at the Harvard School of Public Health. Dr. Schroff has a long-standing commitment to global health status improvements and she's worked in Nigeria, Guatemala, Mexico, Costa Rica, India, Thailand, and many other countries. She just got back from speaking to the United Nations. Welcome, Dr. Schroff. This is an honor to have you on our show. Thank you so much, and the honor is mine. You have accomplished so many things that my introduction hasn't even covered. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're accomplishing to make our world a better place? <laughs> Well, my real passion is to make everybody feel as healthy as they can. And I, I do that by trying to make people feel like they have the information they need and also by changing the structures that don't make us healthy. And um, so my, my work at Harvard um, uh, was basically in global women's health. So I work very much um, in Canada and also in other countries, as you mentioned. And so recently I've been working in Mexico and Costa Rica and Argentina. I work in India quite a lot. Um, but, you know, for your audience of women who work on trucks and women who work in the trades, I, I really just want to say, you go, like, you go, my friends. This is amazing that you're doing this. <laughs> you go, girl. Yes. Uh, Thank you, know, you. Yes, it is so awesome when women do do this work. And, uh, you know, from, from the public health angle, I would just say, please take care of your posture and your spine when you're, when you're doing all your driving and your, your heavy machinery work. Mm -hmm. That would be my one thought that I would have for a lot of you is, is just make sure that you're able to really maintain your musculoskeletal well-being and that you're breathing, doing a lot of breathing while you're doing your work, especially exhaling, especially if you're doing any heavy lifting for, mm -hmm. for your job. The, 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 the hard lift is done best with an exhale. So if you're, so if I could show you on the camera, you know, if I'd be lifting something, it would be like, so inhale just before you do it and then exhale through the mouth if it's a heavy lift and just learn how to do breathing that is inhaling through the nostrils, exhaling through the mouth for the heavy lifting. And, and the whole time you're driving, the whole time you're using your vehicle, my friends, girlfriends, please just breathe. It's probably one of the most important things you can do in your in your work is just remembering to breathe. When we don't, when we stop breathing, we we deny our bodies oxygen, and a lot of a lot of cascading negative effects happen. So yeah, that was just the one the one thought that came to mind immediately that I I really wanted to say because I've done some work 
with people who do a lot of heavy, heavy lifting and the reminding yourself of keeping the four corners of your spine straight and tall, just like sort of like when you lean up against a wall, if you, if you can just imagine somebody pressing um, your shoulders and your hips up against the wall that, you know, that sort of rectangular area of yours, just to try to make sure you keep that um, while you're driving and using your machines. That, that That's just my first thought, thought that I had for your audience. I love it. We also have listeners who work in the office too, but I would imagine that also applies. Uh, breathing is, is something that's essential to life and people probably don't breathe well at, the, at their desks either. It, the, yeah. So if you're doing desk work, it, it, it applies the same, the, the keeping your posture tall and making sure that you're breathing, especially the exhaling and, and both jobs can be really stressful and mm-hmm. breathing is really, really great way to relieve stress, like exhaling. And, and if you do feel stressed to do breaths that sort of sound like this, inhale, inhale, oh, like that sort of vowel sound exhalation. So it, you can do it at any job. It doesn't matter uh, wh- where you are. But yes, the breathing, uh, I, I do workshops on breathing, uh, breathing for good health for, for, for everybody. But it is, is really important for office workers and truck drivers and people who are using their hands and their bodies a lot. Mm-hmm. What does breathing... I, I can't... Oh, go ahead, Kathy. Say, at work, because um, I sit for 13 hours a day, and I'm getting thrown around in equipment, literally thrown around. And I catch myself all the time with my posture and, and my spine. And I, and I do like micro micro breaks where I have to actually stop and stretch and make sure that I'm because, I mean, when I'm in the grader, I'm always bent over looking down at the blade, like looking at the road. Where's my blade? Where are you, right? Yeah. So you're always hunched over and it's hard. And not yes. to mention when you're hitting bumps and you're, oh my God. But in the dozer, it's even worse because you're literally, you are getting thrown about in that cab. It's constantly, you're rattling, right? Because it's, you know, the tracks <laughs> and yeah. it, it's something else. So yeah, no, I make sure that I, I my posture is, um, is one of my, my priorities during the day. Yes. And that's for all, all of the listeners as well. Like uh, because of women's anatomy, because we, we have breasts, sometimes we can be hunched over and all of that kind of work that you're talking about where you're hunching over more for your job, mm-hmm. especially if you're using a computer, right? You're hunching mm-hmm. over more and more and more yep. um, trying to do things like going swimming and doing backstroke, trying to do stretches where you're putting your arms behind your back and you're allowing um, mm. your muscles and everything to open up, like anything you can do backwards is really good for the body to get uh, to get some balance, right? Because all of this work yeah. that you're talking about typically happens in front of us, all of this hunching over yeah. where, we're, where we're training ourselves to be, you know, get surgeon's neck, which is really, really nasty thing to be getting. Um, so uh, as much as we can do, um, like any, anything like there's a, there's a beautiful yoga pose where you basically are standing and you lift your arms to the side and you just look up at the sky that where you're giving your, your, your neck, the opposite curve of that hunched over forward. Yeah. I know. I noticed a difference since I started doing yoga and how much it's helped me. Cause I only started last year. And like I've said a time or two, there's definitely no graceful swan here. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm that clumsy one that falls over that's got no balance, and I'm wondering how the heck did yeah. I do that? Right? Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. We'll try, right? <laughs> we have what they call ripper neck because uh, when we're ripping the ground in the dozer, because this ground is frozen and we're trying to rip it up so that the shovels can, you know, load the trucks. Well, you're spending your entire 13 hours in an awkward position looking behind at the ripper and looking so you don't fall over the cliff right so they call it ripper neck and every single dozer operator has it and and i and i had it uh, was it last month oh my gosh like you can't even move like your whole upper torso and neck you're like oh wow wow a lot of people have text neck too so many people because they're busy texting yeah they're they're always looking down yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the neck, um, so I, I'm a yoga teacher. Uh, I've taught yoga in over 50 countries. And the neck is one of the regions of our body, which is universally a challenge. And so it would be a wonderful thing if your listeners 
would just remember to do their breathing and uh, at a red light, if they would just look like look to the truck next to them and on, on both sides, or you know, even if there isn't a truck next door, but just imagine you've got somebody you can wave to next door and just like completely turn your neck around over one shoulder and then turn your neck around over the other shoulder. I was doing that in the car the other day and I looked over at the driver next door and I waved at her just cause like, why not say hello while I'm stretching my neck. <laughs> Did she wave back? She waved back. Oh, excellent. <laughs> she didn't give you the bird. <laughs> but yes, you know, the, taking good care of the neck is really, really important. And because we have one of the heaviest parts of our body, our head being held up by our neck, it's, yeah. it, it's yeah. even, I mean, just our, just the way that our anatomy is designed makes the neck a vulnerable place. Sure. Right. It so, in terms of, right. Like, oh, if I, I wish we could do this on camera, but if, if you can just imagine you've got your hands um, nested into each other and you could put your, you, you nestle your head into your hands. So you've got your elbows, your bent elbows. This is, this is something that I sometimes do first thing um, uh, waking up in the morning. So all, all you do is you take these, these uh, folded arms now and you gently hold your head, lift, lift it up, look up, inhale, and then exhale, bringing your elbows back down, almost touching each other. If you do that, like in between your job, you know, if you do that three or four times a day where you're just basically looking up and looking down, but you're getting your whole shoulders involved uh, um, that way as well, do those kinds of simple things several mm -hmm. times a day. It, it really will help. And just to try not like, I do like I text a lot as well, but um, it's really funny. I will often <laughs> I will lie down on a bench wherever I am and I'll hold my phone above me because that way I'm looking up at my phone instead of down at my phone. Good idea. Right. Now, yeah. things, if you don't mind being, you know, the odd one out who's just, you know, looks a little funny. Uh, I spent my life being no. the odd one out. Yeah, me, too. me too. Me yeah. too. Right. If you don't mind doing that, your body comes first, right? So you do stuff like that. Hmm. <laughs> I danced the funky chicken in seventh grade. It was a weird dance I'd learned that nobody was doing. So I thought, what the heck? So I, mean, <laughs> I was definitely odd. That is so awesome. So well, awesome. I actually was making money. I was at the lunch hour. I just started doing the funky chicken and, and I started creating a crowd and some of the guys started throwing quarters at me and stuff. And I was I was making a killing. I could go to the candy store and stuff. <laughs> You're very entrepreneurial. Yeah. Right. And the principal finally called me into his office. He said, you really need to stop this. You're creating a mob. <laughs> That's lovely. Good for you. That's how this all started, I'm guessing. I probably, yeah. Right? You started young, Shelly. <laughs> yes, I did. It's, they'd never seen a dance like that. I'd learned it and I thought, what the heck, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> like uh, the Elaine awesome. dance on uh, on Seinfeld. And you know, you know, <laughs> you know what I would like to say to your listeners is just like you did your chicken dance, uh -huh. and that felt great for you, and you got money from it, and mm -hmm. and it was a form of self expression. I really hope that all all the women, those who identify as women, the transgendered women, non binary, all of the people who are listening, are able to find that place inside themselves which is truly home, that place where you really feel like you're very comfortable in being yourself and you can express that place. In in so much of the work that I do in women's health, there's this really important, important message of learning who we really are. Who is it who we really are? And, mm -hmm. and, and just learning to be totally free and not worrying what anybody thinks about us, just dancing that dance because that's what you really want to do singing that song because you really love that song and it's your song and feeling really comfortable singing and dancing the way that makes you feel good and not worrying about what other people think that's such an important message for women because we're often really not taught that you know that that's okay and exactly. it's so important for our mental health so important for our physical health that we just learn it who who who's really deeply inside us and that we we express that person to the world that's right Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. 
Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. What would you say, Dr. Schroff, are some of the biggest obstacles to women that they really need to break out of? Um, because it, I do feel that in, in certain areas, we are so still very restrained, and it depends on the culture, too. Guys are allowed to express themselves, like you said, but women, not so much. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest areas we're constrained in is our relationships with our intimate partners. Mm-hmm. And finding an intimate partner, keeping an intimate partner, um, there, there's all these unwritten rules about how we have to compete with other women to get that man and how when we get that man, even if we're liberated women, even if we're truck drivers, even if we're out there earning good money, um, a lot of women still do all the cooking, all the cleaning, yep. all the caring when the baby comes about. And to me, that's one of the, the really important frontiers for women to break free, to make sure you choose that partner who is going to really be doing a lot of the work and, and not saying, oh, I help my spouse. No, because that's not the mindset that we want. We, it's, it's the work of the family. Yes. And that spouse is doing just as much work because that's the work of the family. And I, I can tell you, my my uh, my hub Ruse Bay. Um, before we before we were uh, really even talking about like having a baby, uh, we had this conversation. <laughs> I said to him, "Well, I think that the woman does all the breastfeeding, and so it would make a lot of sense to me that the that the that the father would change all the diapers, especially in the middle of the night." And he oh, said, I "Yeah, like yeah, and he said, yes." He, he said, yes, he thought that made a lot of sense and, and he held true to it. So, wow. That's yeah. so cool. he changed yeah. all the diapers. Like when we were together, he did all the diaper changing and he did all the middle of the night diaper changes. And it, he never once saw it as like something that was extra or, mm -hmm. you know, different than what was just expected of a daddy. He just saw it as part of being a dad. And he didn't uh, use the excuse like some guys go, oh, that's just nasty. Um, you know, they'll try to get suddenly squeamish or they'll they'll yeah. say, I'm afraid the baby's going to break. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Actually, Shelly, it was the opposite in my case, because um, he comes from this really big family. And when the babies needed bathing, mm -hmm. uh, I had never bathed a baby. I was actually worried, like, oh, my God, with all that soap. Uh, what what you know what if i drop our little tiny little baby and he was like give me that little guy and he just bathed him it, oh, it was cool. like wow he was so confident um so 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 what i would say to our friends who are listening before you hitch up with the guy who you think is going to be the father of your kids mm -hmm. test him test him take him for a test drive yeah like make yes. sure that he's he's really going to be there for you um, because that's where a lot of misery ends up happening in women's lives is in the home. Yeah. My mom told me when we were growing up, she says, you want to see how a guy really is? He's true colors. Break up with him just for the heck of it. <laughs> then oh, you'll see how he reacts. If he's going to treat you really bad, then he's going to do that when he's. <laughs> and yeah. you know what? I did it. I did it a few times. And man, like some guys are really cool and whatever, but no, it was something simple. And she also said, watch how they treat other people, other, watch how they treat the handicapped and the elderly. And that'll yep. tell you exactly how they are and oh, how they yeah. treat their mothers and right? how they treat their mothers. Oh Absolutely. yeah. That's a beautiful that's one. Yep. Yeah. That's a beautiful yep. one. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing to really, really watch out for is any signs of violence. Oh, in, yeah. red flag city. Right. Oh, really? oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like I published a paper recently on violence against women during the pandemic and alcohol and drugs combined with lockdown meant that women were getting beaten up two to three times mm -hmm. before the pandemic. Yeah. It was really, really yeah. bad. And it was one of the things that pains me the most, this really hurts me, is that so many of our sisters 
live in situations of violence and they will be the first one to defend that perpetrator. Yes. Yeah. They will not call the cops. And if the if somebody else calls the cops, they will beat the cop and say, get away from my husband. Um, this this psychology is one that I would really like us to get rid of. But it it's really dangerous. Um, this whole, uh, you know, and, you know, it, it boils down to learning to really love ourselves as women mm-hmm. to really think we are valuable and we are here for a reason that that's that's the whole nugget of it i teach yeah. uh, i was I, I teach self-defense workshops as well and what i've learned in teaching women how to how to defend themselves in the case of, of a of, an, of a perpetrator attacking us is that there are there are some women this is really hard for me to say but there are some women who don't believe that their lives are valuable enough to defend yeah that's really yeah scary. yeah Right. And so it it all really starts from a very, very deep place of going inside your own heart and opening your heart to yourself first. And sometimes people are afraid to do that, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're not trained as women to love ourselves. We're trained to serve other people. And that's a beautiful thing. Service is one of the most important, important values that we can have. It's just that we don't want to be serving other people and not serving ourselves. We want to start with ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we we don't take care of ourselves, uh, we can't take care of other people. But, you know, forget about taking care of other people. First, just think about yourself and how important you are. Yeah. That's a long time to learn that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Long, long time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And once I started actually loving myself, and feeling confident in who I am and who I've become. Oh my God, I can't even begin to tell you how how empowering I feel just for being me. And yeah. I'm not saying that in an egotistical way no. at all. It's just like, damn, girl, like look, you know, look at what you've done and where you've come from and what you're doing and who yep. you are and what you represent and your, you know, your morals, your ethics, your values and like, yeah, I'm yeah. quite the powerhouse of a woman, just like you are, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Fair. I'm so glad we met. And and Shelly, I mean, you're, you're, you're just awesome in every way. Oh, well, thank you. So are you, Kathy. Oh, my goodness. And you know, my friend, it starts with that exact thing that you're doing right now, Kathy, that positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. And we all yeah. teach ourselves to have positive self-talk. So that it's, yeah. so, okay, I did something great. Hey, that was pretty awesome. Like, can you start saying that to yourself? Wow, you rock that girl. Like, can you start talking to yourself like that? And then, you know, you know and, right? yeah, and do it out sure, loud, right? Sure. Yeah. Do it out loud, do it silently, whatever works for you, do that. And then if you fall, if yeah. you screw up, if you make a mistake, whatever happens, just say, oh, you know, that we do that one. sometimes. What am <laughs> I going to learn again? Right? Yeah. What am I going to learn from that? I'm going to learn something out of it, and I'm going to keep going because I'm awesome. That's right. And I teach yeah. whole workshops on yeah. self compassion, and this is this is actually mm. a game changer for most women. Being compassionate to self in every way, so that 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 self talk, uh, uh, self love, everything, it's a game changer. It'll change your life completely. If, if you have this whole mentality that you are an amazing person, that you are here to just always do your best and you can always do your best and you're going to get out there and rock the world. Today, this morning, when you get up in the morning, you are just going to hold the world by the tail and swing it. I like that. And I don't think enough women do that. I hear women saying things like, oh, I, I look fat or, oh, I, I'm I'm getting old or, oh, you know, just negative self-talk. Yes. It, and, and the industry is built around it. They're, the whole yeah. industry is built around us believing that our bodies are never good enough. Yeah. And it's so important. It's so important that we look at ourselves in the mirror. And we see who we are, honestly see who we are for our wrinkles or our bulges or our roundness, our fleshiness, the abundance of our body, and just say, wow, what a sexy woman you are. That's right. Right? Yeah. And for some reason, the perception is still allowed to happen in places like Hollywood and on the commercials. 
women have to look like waxed dolls. Right. Men can look pretty much whatever way they want. They can be weathered and they they, they have wrinkles and character. Women just have wrinkles. You know, it's right. like, come on. And uh, that's why Botox uh, and all of these other things are making money off us. Yeah. We yeah. look, we look, we, we, you know, the beauty industry tells us that we have to look a certain way, that we have to smell yeah. a certain way. And when we get older, we have to keep looking as young as possible. Here's a really, really important frontier. The, the idea that we can have white hair and still look really beautiful. The, the idea that we can have lots of wrinkles and look like a grandma or look like a crone or look like an uh, an older woman and still be powerful and beautiful and smart. That's right. That that's that seems to me to be the sort of newest frontier. Um, it, the the older woman. I, I can tell you in medicine, this is one of the areas where we know the least. It's it's horrifying, horrifying how little medicine knows about all of women's health. Um, yes. Generally, like you know, women and and heart disease women, you name it, there's just so little known. I can tell you from HIV AIDS, about half a million women probably died in the first decade of HIV AIDS because the assumption was that women were going to have the same symptoms as men. Right. And then we discovered that women have gynecological symptoms. So there's no way we could have the same symptoms mm -hmm. as men. Wasn't it just in recent years that they realized that women have different symptoms when they have a heart attack? It's it's true for almost every every disease entity. We're slowly learning that we just need to study women and women's illness. But if, you know, mm -hmm. to me, much more important than studying women women's illness, although it's it's important, is to study how can women be healthy. That how can women be uh, as healthy and vital as possible for as long as possible, mm -hmm. and and just to study all of those things. And we still know very little about that too. The, the area of women's health, because of the global patriarchy, is a is a is a is a burgeoning area. It's a small area that needs to grow. Oh, certainly, there are more women than men on this earth, and you would think that eventually somebody's going to get the clue that we're not going away, and this right? needs to change. Right? We're, not, <laughs> yeah. we're not a minority group. Right. We're actually a majority. That's and right. Yet, Right, we shouldn't be allowing any of this stuff to happen. We've got to figure out how is it we're going to continue to be strong and powerful. Um, right. I I did a panel uh, recently looking at women's leadership. Women leaders, particularly during the pandemic, have been shown to really combine compassion with science. Mm -hmm. This is a beautiful combination, especially. Because most of the women leaders who did really well during the pandemic were able to take their ego and park it at the side. Excellent. That's so necessary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so we we want to be nurturing more and more women leaders. And, and again, women voting for uh women for for women politicians is really important. Other women supporting them. If mm -hmm. women would support women leaders more, we would be able to elect them. Right. Right. We shouldn't be voting for for um, misogynist leaders. But we do. There are women who vote for misogynists. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think it, it depends on perhaps how they're raised, all of that. I mean, you've got the socialization. When you think about it in the United States, women uh, only had the right to vote for just a little over 100 years now. Yes. And we have been marginalized. Um, it, the women that fought for the right to vote. I had relatives who were suffragists and wow, they cut their hair amazing. and they went out there and said, yes, we're going to get the vote. Yes. That was not considered ladylike. Right. But it took that and enough women saying, you know, um, you better vote for this. I heard a story that it came down to one man in the United States and his mother stuck a note in his pocket. He was the deciding vote for women to get the vote. She put a note in his jacket pocket that said, do the right thing. So when his mother was telling him to do this, he did. That's good. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you to thank you to mom. Thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mom. yeah. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. we, we need women to vote. If more women voted, we would change our democracies all around the world. Yeah. We need women to, to get educated about politics and not think politics are something that we don't do that, that isn't ladylike. Politics has everything to do with our lives. Oh, heck yeah. 
If yeah. public health, it really matters. Who's in office really matters in terms of the ways in which decisions are made related okay. to our health status. And we yeah. saw that during the pandemic, how much it mattered who was elected into office. Right. It, it, we are kind of like a sleeping giant as women around the world. We right. haven't we haven't fulfilled our power yet. We haven't woken up and held hands with each other in the way that we really could be doing. Um, if if we can just wake up, uh, and I'm trying not to use that language, which has gotten so politicized right now. Um, right. <laughs> but if we could just um, look at each other, let's let's use that language, and so we start laughing together. Um, uh, and really support each other to to get knowledgeable about the things that are happening around us. Everything from elections to speaking up and speaking out about bullying, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We would change our world profoundly. Women can and will change our world profoundly when we hold hands and, and work together for all the issues that are happening around Amen. us. And you, you'd said compassion. That is something that is so very important. And I do know that quite often when women, when they go to see the doctor, uh, they're perceived as is maybe a hypochondriac or they're perceived as insurance companies will often charge them more because they go to the doctor more often, which actually is a good thing because it's preventive care. But a lot of doctors will still not want to listen to them. And yeah. it's hard for a woman to be proactive in her own health care. Yes. And doctors take offense when you ask them questions. It's like, well, <laughs> you have a right as a patient to do that. And they yeah. aren't greeted with compassion. Yes, this is still a huge problem that women aren't taken seriously, women aren't believed, and health symptoms are ignored in many cases because uh, because people think that women are exaggerating. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's very, very important for women patients to be very educated about their own health conditions, to listen, and, and this is this is actually not an easy thing, but to listen profoundly to the body. Yep. When we can listen to our bodies, we will know when, when things are going well, we will know when things are not going well. And, and so to be able to take notes, every doctor's appointment to go and say, okay, I have this symptom, this symptom, this symptom. And the more credibility you can have to say it started on this exact date. And this, this was exactly how it felt on day one. This is how it felt on day three. This is how it now feels on day eight. What, whatever precision a woman patient can come to her physician with will be very, very helpful. Then she builds her own case. She's she's kind of like a lawyer. I was going to say, yeah. Person, right? It's like going into court. Yeah. Right? It, it can be. Um, uh, uh, that's one of the reasons why a lot of women patients prefer to have women physicians is because... Uh, typically, a woman physician will listen carefully mm-hmm. and will, yep. will um, accept what patients are saying about their symptoms and, and, and send them for the appropriate testing. We do know that, that having more women physicians makes a positive difference for women patients. Amen to that. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know, I'm like... Going to an OBGYN, when a man says, you're going to feel a little pressure, you're looking at them going, yeah, right. Have you been in this chair? <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah. When was the last time you had a uterus? Is it right? So <laughs> I, you, okay, I don't know about you ladies, but for me, I've always felt when I, when I, could, when I ovulate, when I used to ovulate, and um, when I, I told that to a male doctor one time, he, he thought I was, I was crazy. He says, you cannot. He started arguing with me. I said, oh, I'm telling goodness. you, I know every month exactly when i sure ovulate you can. you can feel it yeah that's impossible and yeah the big big i'm like you know what whatever i'm not even gonna fight with you like yeah so yeah he was dismissing me like i was stupid mm-hmm. wow. but wow. isn't it true yeah. dr Schroff, that in medical school they've used the male anatomy as an example to, for training versus yeah. having both <laughs> yes yes so much of medicine is is based on the male body and the male experience. Everything from the way that our safety belts are designed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, is that why it cuts right in between your cleavage and it's so yeah. darn uncomfortable with the shoulder belt? <laughs> yep, absolutely, oh. Shelly. That's exactly okay. why. The okay. sexism in uh, the design of our world is 
everywhere, but it absolutely exists mm-hmm. in medicine. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that so many of us are trying so hard to fight. Women need to band together on that. No doubt about it. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. We've been speaking with Dr. Farah Shroff, who is a huge advocate for women's health. Oh my goodness, Dr. Shroff, you've provided some terrific information. Do you have any other insight? One thing that I, I wanted to um, suggest to your listeners when they are looking for health practitioners is to feel really empowered to look at all different kinds of practitioners, especially if you have a good insurance policy. And so if whatever your symptoms may be, whether they're primarily gynecological or women's symptoms or or anything, allergies, anything, um, is to, to look to look maybe at a naturopathic physician or at a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine or um, at somebody who is a, an experienced herbalist because we now have a cornucopia, like we have thousands and thousands and thousands of articles on complementary and alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. And so it's really worth it for women um, to consider what other kinds of healthcare might help them. And that's including for mm-hmm. mental health care. Like mental health care, we have this really sort of closed idea that when we have depression or anxiety, that we need to go to a psychiatrist. Um, and if I, I myself published a paper on depression and how it can be treated uh, with yoga. There's lots and lots of other things from dance to play therapy um, to just exercise to being in nature. I teach whole workshops on something called Shinrin-yoku, which is an old Japanese technique of being in nature and learning how to feel calm and peaceful being in nature. Um, I Mm -hmm. teach laughter yoga, which is wonderful for mental health. But there's so many other things besides one-to-one therapy that are really good for mental health. So for your listeners who might be struggling um, with depression or anxiety or, or any other mental health concerns, just to to try a whole variety of things that might make them feel better because there's lots of things that are evidence-based and that's really important for me um, that I always recommend something that is evidence-based so that there is a that there are there's some proof that this is, is going to work mm-hmm. um, and lots of things out there mm-hmm. um, but to try those things that aren't going to hurt you um, uh, besides just maybe drug therapy or psychotherapy, or um, the help of a psychiatrist, besides the fact that it's really hard to get one right now. So getting on a waiting list yeah. means you might be waiting forever to get that care. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. you'll be wondering, what can you do to take care of your mental health? And there's lots you could do. There's actually foods. You can look up on the internet, what are foods that are going to help you feel happier? There's foods called happy foods. They're generally vegetables and fruits and drinking lots of water. Don't say McDonald's. <laughs> it's that food, right? Yeah. <laughs> Any junk food would not be on that list. <laughs> Is chocolate? I, I, I consider chocolate my yeah. happy food. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think what what we all can do once we really learn to listen to our bodies is to just ask ourselves, is this food nourishing me, right? On a, on a deep level, just, I, I also teach workshops on mindful eating. And one of the exercises we do, I give people um, two raisins. And, and the first one I say, eat the raisin. People eat it. And then I say, okay, now let's try it this way. So put the raisin in your, in your hand and just, just get a sense of the texture of the raisin. How does this wrinkled up grape feel in your hands? Okay, now pop it in your mouth. Do the same thing. 
How does just the texture, just feel how this, how does this feel? And now let's just slowly let, let it moisten with the saliva on your tongue. And then we're going to chew it and we're going to chew it consciously. And we count our numbers of chews. If we can get to 32 with that tiny little raisin, you'll see that it actually tastes completely different by the 30th chew. Um, mm-hmm. And and because uh, when we eat consciously, then we're really listening to all of the signals that happen in our bodies when we're eating. Um, and and that's how we slowly start to know, well, is this really nourishing me? When we, when we chew, like 32 times is not a bad number, although... It's not easy. <laughs> you can try it the next time you have a meal. Try chewing mm-hmm. just you know, maybe Count. one bite yep. 32 times, right? Just mm-hmm. try it. Um, but it really gives us a window into how our body is taking in that food. And so I really encourage everybody to do that. Then you'll know, is this really nourishing for me or not? And then, of course, there are other tests you can do. You can do these elimination tests where for six weeks, you Mm -hmm. only eat really low reactive food. And then you start taking in one food a day to see how your body reacts. Like if you're wondering, um, is gluten something that my body is a little bit intolerant to? Well, then, you know, don't don't have any gluten for that six weeks and then and then just test it one day, just have a piece of toast and just see how your body feels. And mm-hmm. if you gain, generally, if you've gained over a pound, um, you know that your body's having some kind of a, a negative reaction to that food. But, you know, that these that's a much more complicated conversation. But mm-hmm. just to say that one of the things that our society doesn't teach us at all is when we put something into our mouth, how conscious are we about it? Are we watching TV while we're doing it? Are we listening to something else? Or are we really listening to our bodies as we eat? You know, Ken Buck says nobody pays attention. Yeah, nobody pays right? attention. I don't think people live in the moment. They're not in the moment. They're on their phones. Yeah, right? they're, they're doing they're something completely different. Or yep. not paying attention at all, right? Yeah. And so if we can really learn to respect our bodies, because just think about how much our bodies do for us, right? Mm-hmm. Can we give them a little bit of respect? Um, and 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 really one thing I would absolutely love it if your listeners would do is just eat more fruits and vegetables. Yeah. That that is a that is absolutely one of the most promising things that any woman can do for her health. Even if you don't have a lot of money, you can go out and just replace whatever carbohydrate you might be eating with a little bit more vegetable matter like if you can divide your plate into two and half of your plate looks green and then take the other half of your plate and divide that into two and one of those halves will be your protein source and that could be meat or fish or um, beans or whatever high protein source that you like and then the other quarter of the plate is your carbohydrate so that could be rice or sweet potatoes or um, whatever carbohydrate you like Mm -hmm. Um, But typically what we find are plates with huge hunks of um, carbohydrates, right? French fries or, or other forms of potato, Um, big hunks of um, like carcinogenic meat, like. So did you say carcinogenic meat? Beef is classified as a cancer causing agent. Um, So yeah. So if you like beef, maybe maybe just have it once a week, right? Instead of if you're having it two or three times a week, like whatever amount you're having, just have a little bit less of it. Um, uh, Why is it? I'm I'm curious. Why is it considered cancer causing? Beef sits in our guts. I mean, it, 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 it has, it definitely has a lot of uh, good qualities. Like it can be really good for iron and, and many other, uh, you know, it's a good source of protein in many ways. It's just that it doesn't absorb well and it Mm -hmm. can sit in our, in, in our digestive tract without being absorbed well or digested well. Um, and so it is, it's, it's considered a carcinogen by the world health organization. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a shocking reality for a lot Mm -hmm. of people that things that we think are really healthy for us could be killing us. And, and what I really, really, um, don't want any of your listeners to do. Sometimes my older son, my my younger son will say to me, mom, everything causes cancer. So I'm just not going to, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to eat as much beef as I feel like. And, you know, that's kind of a defeatist attitude. As I say to my darling son, um, you can learn to love vegetables and you can still eat beef. Just try to eat beef that comes from grass fed cows and organic right. meat as much as you can, if you can afford it. 
and and maybe just eat a bit less. It doesn't sure. mean you have to stop entirely, but maybe then maybe eat a little bit more fish or a little bit more chicken or turkey or like my favorite meat is duck. I love duck. That's um, good stuff. Yeah. Oh, so mm-hmm. yum. Oh, yeah. love duck. And I really love wild meat. That's mm-hmm. what I absolutely love. Caribou and elk and musk. I mean, whenever I get it, you know, it's very rare. But I used to live in the high Arctic. I was adopted by an Inuvialuit family. And so I actually would go out hunting and then I would get the best fresh meat. Oh, my goodness. Like that. Wow. There's nothing like that in the world when you're eating meat freshly killed. Like grocery store meat doesn't come anywhere no. close to freshly killed wild meat. Yeah. That, right. That would be, I'm sure, night and day for sure. Oh. The fresh oh taste of real game and, yep. and, and, you know, real, it's just so good for, for, for iron, like, you know, really good caribou meat, highest source mm-hmm. of iron in meat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know this is a really hard one learning that the stuff we're putting into our mouths um, could be slowly killing us. Yeah. So it, in the end, you know, you've always got to do what's right for you. If you really love eating meat and I do eat meat, I like, I, I like meat. I've eaten meat m- m- most of my life. I was a vegetarian for 10 years. Um, uh, and my children, both my husband and I gave up when our kids insisted that our, um, our veggie tofu wieners, they said, that is not real meat. And we are not going to eat that. You can buy the real meat for us. We, we want a real hot dogs. What are you calling those are not hot dogs. <laughs> <sighs> little kids they turned us back into mediators so we do eat meat and um it it, it 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 there's a huge huge debate right now in the nutrition community about what is the healthiest diet and the, and the plant-based folks are winning the debate i have to say and so what they're what people are sort of coming down to is saying well go ahead and have your non-plant-based food but maybe make it 5% of your diet or 10% of your diet. Um, the Mediterranean diet, which is one that's heavy in olive oil and mm-hmm. lots of vegetables and, um, uh, you know, light, lighter forms of protein like like chicken um, is, is also very popular. But I, I think that the uh, the jury is kind of coming in on on saying, well, human beings, you your bodies and your digestive tracts are better design for for plant-based so um yeah just really trying to up the plant-based like study after study after study has shown us that the more green we eat in our diet the Mm -hmm. the healthier we are and that's people who have cancer and they're healing from cancer Uh, like it's just a whole series of of studies have been done on nutrition diet and exercise like those things are so well researched. Um, right. Like anybody can tell you, make sure you're walking 30 minutes a day and eating three to five um, fruits and vegetables a day. And that's mm-hmm. just going to be good for you. There are so many things to think about. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in Northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. 
Dr. Schroff, you've covered a lot of territory here on tips for women for their health, for their mental health, and everything in between. There's so many things we want to ask you, but we only have a couple minutes left, actually, Dr. Schroff. I have found your information very fascinating. Where can people reach out to you? Can they ask questions? And Oh, sure. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. So th- those are those are really good ways to reach out to me. And I'm always happy to say hello. And absolutely, if you have questions, um, what I really love is when women take the first step of being really motivated to be healthier. And that means healthier mentally, physically, and spiritually. So that means, yes, I am really going to take that step to be myself, to learn who I am and to be who I am. And that's in every way. How do I show up every day of my life um, for myself? When I look in the mirror, what do I say to myself? When I go um, and meet other people, how do I look them in the eye? When I shake hands with people, how 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 hard is that squeeze? Like everything, like how are you going to show up for yourself and for other people? And what I've really seen is that first step is the hardest. When a woman says, yes, I want to see I want to make changes in my life. I want to learn how to do things that are going to be better and healthier for myself. The first step and the first part is the hardest part. That's always the part that our sisters need the biggest support and the most encouragement for. And, you know, you know, like the hand holding is the strongest thing, because once you get over the first little bit of trying to eat better or do some exercise or or change your friendship circle, whatever you're working on. Maybe you're somebody who's drank a lot of alcohol and you're learning how to, to decrease your addiction. Whatever it is that you want to work on in your life, that first step is the biggest step. But yeah. once you take yep. that first step, my sweet friends, <laughs> you will find that there will be people to support you. That's so cool. Where do people reach out to you again, Dr. Shroff? Um, so LinkedIn, um, Dr. Farah Shroff on LinkedIn and, um, Twitter is another place where they can find me again, um, at Dr. Farah Shroff. I'm also on Facebook, but Facebook, uh, um, gives me this limit, right. And I've already reached that limit. So, um, that's not a very good way to reach me. Yeah. Okay. But those two forms of social media are probably the best. Yeah. LinkedIn and, and Twitter, and we can definitely talk. Um, I, I just want to say, to your listeners, the the truck driving women and the women who are working in offices, I really, really wish you from the bottom of my heart, the best of health and, and please know that you matter and that there are lots of people like me out here to really support you to be as strong and healthy as you can be. This is marvelous. Thank you for all of your hard work for women, Dr. Schroff. You are just amazing. <laughs> you are too, Shelly, and so are you, Kathy. Boy, am I glad we met. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Me too. This is terrific. Thank you for being on the show. We hope everybody's enjoyed this episode. And if you want to hear more episodes of Women Road Warriors or learn more about our show, be sure to check out womenroadwarriors.com. And please follow us on social media. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at sjohnson at womenroadwarriors.com. Mm-hmm.